about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. write a fairy tale and um, I used that opportunity to uh, glorify God because you know fairy tales can be you know everybody lives happily ever after and all this kind of thing so um, I used this opportunity to actually write a fairy tale uh, glorifying God it does resonate with life itself things that we go through I didn't want to just pick like a Cinderella story you know so um, How many of you have um, struggled with drugs, alcohol, um, pornography, lust, any kind of thing out there in the world that you got hooked to that God set you free from? Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, this story is about a princess named Bella, and uh, this is her story. Now, some parts of the story uh, reflect some things in my own life, but the whole story is not my life, so I just, you know, just want to clarify that before everybody comes up after and, hey, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> just certain, certain things um, that I put in here um, that reflect a little bit of me, but it was more of, you know, telling a story of life out there in the world. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to start off with the story, and then I'm going to dive into the word because it goes together, okay? Um, I do want to let you know, too, I've had to add to this story um, because in school you're only allowed a certain time. Some teachers will say you have four pages, five pages. Sometimes they make you have eight pages, and those are the tough ones because when you don't, can't expound any farther, then you're kind of like, oh... So um, for this particular story, I added to it um, after I turned it in, okay? The title of her story is called On the Other Side of Protection. Once upon a time in a faraway land, there lived a young princess named Bella. She was small in stature with pale white skin and bright red hair. She lived in a castle surrounded by a wide moat. There was a big, wide wooden gate that was lowered by a big, heavy chain. There was one way in and one way out. Her castle was heavily guarded by military soldiers. There were three guard towers stationed to see all around the castle and as far as the biggest hills that surrounded the land. The castle was made of beautiful rocks and stones, and there was a garden in the center filled with the brightest colored flowers that could be found. Also in the garden, you could find beautiful stone benches, array of butterflies and birds that would come to eat the berries off the bushes that surrounded the garden. In the middle of the garden stood a white horse on its hind legs, and water flowed down the horse's body, and the water made the horse shimmer in the sunlight, so bright that it was like a spotlight in the middle of the garden. The water flowed down into a small pond that had beautiful colored fish that swam and played together throughout the day. The roads in the castle were made of beige and gray bricks that lay in a beautiful pattern on the floor. But in the garden, the bricks were set to make a circle that ended at the bottom of the horse fountain almost like a bullseye. The princess liked to spend a lot of time in that garden and visited it every day, sometimes several times a day. It was a place that she could gather her thoughts and make sense of the world around her and the plans that were taking place in her life. A place that was filled with prayer, laughter, and songs. A place that one day she would soon miss. On the outside of the castle lay an open field of bright green grass with maple trees and oak trees. And every now and then that would reach up to the bottom of the hills that lay around about the castle. The princess could see the hills from her room, which was set in the highest tower in the castle. She often looked out her window and wondered what was beyond those hills that was told that the hills kept her safe and that danger lay beyond that protective barrier. That if she ever wandered past the hills, there would be no protection for her and she would have to go alone. 
No soldier, no horse, no carriage or person would cross over the hill. Even though the soldiers were very well trained, strong and undefeated, they would not step out from under the protection of the castle that was provided for them. Staying was the best thing for them and there was security in doing so. But the princess thought otherwise. She had not seen anything dangerous even come over the hill on her side to make her fear. There were no bad things happening that she could see. So what was the big deal? What she did not understand is that darkness does not like to be seen in the light. One day as the princess walked down to the garden, she saw a plaque hanging on the wall of the castle that she hadn't seen before. It looked as though it had been there for a very long time, but she never noticed it. It read, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. That's Psalms 91, verses 1 and 2. She sat on the bench and pondered in her heart as she watched the fish swim in the pond, what it meant and why she had not seen that plaque before. She walked the same path every day. Could it have been that her mind was too busy with the things moving around in her garden? Could it have been that she was pondering in her heart to leave the castle and see what was beyond the hills that she never noticed it? Or was it a divine placement in time that she needed to see it before she made the wrong decision? The latter would become the most sensible reason she would soon find out. As the princess pondered on the plaque, she quickly changed tune and went on dreaming of what it would be like over the hills. She knew the danger, knew the chance she would take, but how bad could it be? She started to prepare herself for anything that could come her way and started to pack her bags. She placed a knife, a rope, a sword, dressed in armor under her clothes, and grabbed her beautiful white horse and set out for the gate. She was stopped by the guards who always accompany, accompanied her outside of the gate. This day was different, though. She ordered the guards to stay put and assured them that she would be back shortly. They watched from the towers as she made her way past the open fields of grass and under the oaks. She reappeared in their sight at the bottom of the hill on the north side. They stood watching and ready to go after her when they saw her get off the horse and sit under a tree. As she sat there, she gained rest for the journey. She thought of ways to defend herself and keep herself safe. She reminded herself that the horse she rode would not be able to go with her. She was afraid, excited, and full of adrenaline to see what was on the other side of this hill. What could it be? What was there that was so dangerous and harmful? As it grew dark, the soldiers were not able to see the princess and started to assemble a pack to go after her. At this time, the princess knew it was now or never, so she headed to the top of the hill. As she reached the top, she looked back and saw the soldiers coming to rescue her, and she took a last look at the other side and ran down the north side of the hill. Knowing that she was all alone, she kept going. It looked a lot like her own land, but she felt the security she always felt leave her. The feeling was almost too much to bear, but after all, there was no danger there. As she went along, she felt darkness like she never felt before, but she did not see darkness. There was life, music, dancing, and laughter all around her. There were places that had bright lights, people gathering, talking, and laughing loudly. They seemed to be enjoying each other's company. What was so bad over here, she thought. As she walked along, she came to a little cafe called Temptation. This cafe served small samples to try with the best flavors you could imagine. The flavors became so much stronger and tastier every sample she took. When she was done sampling, they told her that she should go to the Enjoyment Cafe, three doors down. As she went, she started to feel light, woozy, and ready to have fun. This isn't so bad, she thought. What is everyone talking about this side of the hill being so dangerous? They just never been on this side before. As naive Princess Bella was, she had it all wrong. As she walked down the way to the Enjoyment Cafe and saw many people inside, more people than she had in the castle, more people to talk to and get to enjoy. After all, the cafe was called the Enjoyment Cafe, she thought. 
How fun. The room seemed to go on for days, and person after person came in to enjoy their self. In this cafe, you were given much bigger samples, and the ones you liked the most were then partitioned off into separate rooms so you could enjoy more of the specific ones. As much as you would like you could have. The only problem was that once you were placed in those rooms, you had to sign a paper saying you would leave once you had your fill and be responsible for them from now on to provide for your own samples. Once you signed that paper, you were then sent to the hooked bar. The princess sat and ate. She figured she could take her time and just stay as long as she wanted in those rooms and never have to leave. But she got her fill and she signed the form and went to the hooked bar. What she found was a group of people who did not look happy, satisfied, or content. They looked anxious, angry, nervous, skittish, and worn down. This made the princess nervous, and she was glad that she brought her secret weapons that were hidden under her clothes. She thought she would need them now. She entered this place with fear and trembling. This journey seemed fun and exciting so far, but this was definitely not what she expected. Could the people at the castle been right? Was the danger here only? Why was it not in those other places she was before, she thought. Meanwhile, the soldiers wept for the princess. They stood guard at the bottom of the hill waiting for her to return. They did not move and bowed down to pray for her. They prayed for her safety, protection, and return. They did not cease praying day after day and night after night. They vowed to wait and not move until the return of the princess. As the princess sat in the hooked bar, she began to fear. She had seen what happens when you are to fend for yourself and obtain the samples that were given to her before. It was scary, and she wanted to get out and get back over the hill and go home. She did not realize how long she had been there, but as the days passed, she found inside of her a change and a need to do and obtain for herself like the others she had seen. She did not want to steal from people or tell lies to others to get what she needed. She did not want to hurt others to get these samples, but the cravings of the samples were so strong that it was hard to fight it off. How did I get this far? Why did it have to come to this? What was in those samples that were so good that made people act this way, she thought. How could she have wanted this life over the hill, over her castle? She fought hard to not want more of the samples, but she could not resist. She fought hard but lost and started to steal to obtain the samples to feel better and not to feel the wasting away, the pain, the jitters, and anxiety that came without having them. Princess Bella was hooked on the samples of pornography, alcohol, lust, drugs, gossip, all the things that seemed to be not too bad but felt real good, and it was too much for her to bear. She sold her knife to sample the alcohol, her sword to sample gossip, her rope to sample drugs, and her armor to sample pornography and lust just to survive. She was left helpless, vulnerable, and without defense. What was she going to do now? The only thing she had left was herself, and as many as she had seen give themselves for those samples, deep down she did not want that for herself. As many as she had seen do that, she knew that they did not want to do that as well. But the hunger for those samples were too much for them to bear. Three years had passed since Princess Bella left the castle, and she found herself in the corner of the bar, sitting with her knees in her chest, rocking herself back and forth. She was looking back on her life, the life she once had, and remembered the plaque she had seen in the garden the day she left. She pondered in her heart and the sayings and how it spoke of God. She cried out to God and wanted so much to be in her castle safe, set free, and out of the land on the other side of the hill. She remembered that the words total protection that was provided if you abide under the wings of the Almighty. So she looked around and saw a door, one way in and one way out, just like her castle. She approached that door and found men sitting there that made fun of her for wanting to leave, pressured her to stay, and how they could help her continue this journey that was killing her slowly every day. She was tempted to stay because they promised to get her more, and she could have all she wanted if she would only give herself. But she, but she wanted and craved a little um, more, which was to live under the shadow of the Almighty, that she knew that she had left 
her protection that she had and she wanted it back. So she looked those men in the face and said, no, I will not stay. What you have to offer me is not worth what God has for me. And she walked out the door. As she walked past the cafes to the hill, she was tempted to get a sample to get her energy up. She thought about maybe getting a few to take with her just in case. What would be the harm? But she reminded herself of what it was like in the hooked bar and didn't want to bring that life to the castle. So she settled it in her heart and was determined to make it to the hill and back to the castle without any more samples. As she walked through that city to the hill, she began to grow weak, weaker than she had ever been before, as if something was weighing her down and pulling on her with all it had. But when she looked around, there was nothing that she could see, but she could only feel it. Once she reached the bottom of the hill, she looked up and saw sunlight for the first time in three years. Hope started to rise up on the inside of her as she climbed the hill. That gave her strength. And as she began to climb, she found that every step she took, the stronghold that was on her began to lift and become lighter and lighter and lighter. Once she reached the top of the hill, she looked back and saw the darkness that she left. She headed down the hill slowly and heard men praying for her. It was the soldiers, faithful and true, anxiously waiting for the princess to return. Once the soldiers heard a stick break under the princess's foot, they stopped and looked, and there she stood. Weak, frail, unarmed hair, mess, clothes torn. She had wrinkles, dark circles under her eyes, and she looked very tired. The princess did not notice the condition she was in because in the bar there were no mirrors or any way for her to see herself. You could only see what the others looked like, but you did not think that you looked the same. The soldiers began to cheer for the princess, loaded her on a horse, and brought her home. After her bath, she noticed that her clean clothes no longer fit the same, for they were too big now, and that her hair was a dull red and not so vibrant as before. But she did not care, because she felt new. She was finally home, and a nice meal was waiting for her at the table that was prepared for her and awaiting her company. She looked in the mirror one more time and smiled, and she headed for the garden to see that plaque. She wanted to see the plaque that she never noticed before and hold it dear. Its words saved her. Its words gave her strength to get out of a mess that she put herself in. Those words that she never noticed before were ingrained in her heart forever. No one could take that from her. As she walked into the garden, there it was, found along with many more that she had not noticed. From then on, she began to read the words written and keep them in her heart. She lived under the protection of the Almighty and was filled with joy, beauty, contentment, and love, a love that she had before she went over the hill and didn't see it, didn't acknowledge it, didn't pay no mind. A love that made her complete and she didn't need to venture out again to the unknown to find out what was out there because she had more than the world could offer her, and that was Jesus. But it became a mission for her to go to the lost in the world and bring God's people out of the kingdom of darkness into the light and have them set free, healed, delivered, and into a relationship with God. She finally realized that the more word of God she had, that she carried the true armor of God and that reaching people in the dark would not harm her, pull her back in, but that she would lead a life like Jesus did and reach the sinners, the lost, the poor, the sick, and demon-possessed, and bring the light of God that is in her to those people, and not by her might, not by her power, but by the Spirit of God that would be, and they would be set free. So this is Princess Bella's life. She was saved and lived under the shadow in God's castle in his kingdom of light and had a wonderful life. Um, one thing she lacked to do, she had one scripture in her heart. She didn't read the word. She didn't know the word. She didn't read the word. She didn't know what to do. She just knew this is where I'm at. So the title of this message is Know the Word. Okay? Um, because it's very important. Yes, that one scripture that she had in her heart did bring her back to the Lord, did, was her saving grace. But how much more if she didn't know the word, she probably would have never went on the other side. <laughs> okay? So um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and start in um, John chapter 8. 
Does any does that story resonate with any of you guys at all in your walk with God? <clears throat> And like I said, it does sound more of like drugs than alcohol, but we get entangled with gossip and we get entangled with slander. We get entangled with pornography. We get entangled with lusts and all kinds of things that are our temptations. Different people have their own desires that they get locked into. So we're going to be in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. And it says, then Jesus... um, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How does it make you free? Well, in verse 31, it says, If you continue in my word. Okay, um, knowing the truth for yourself. Um, I don't want to get ahead of my (laughs) thinking here. Um, Being fed the word by someone is only part of your walk with God. Okay, we need it because they get revelation, they get knowledge, and they can share it and teach it, and you can grab that and take that, and then you read it, and you're understanding it's a whole process, okay? Spending time with God is only just a part of your walk with God. If you're only spending time with God, but you're not in the Word, yes, He enjoys that, and yes, it's a beautiful thing, but you're not in the Word, okay? But when you put all three in your walk with God, you actually grow, okay? Spending time with God in the Word every day must be in your life, no matter what, if you want to grow and see change. If you're not growing and seeing change happen in your life, then you're not doing something right either your your devotions are just to get them done during the day because you got other things to do you want to squeeze in your time with the lord okay you're just trying to get it done and get out of the way so you can get on with whatever you're doing (laughs) i've done it so okay (laughs) um if you're not seeing it you'll know you'll know okay the truth does set you free but you must be in the truth why? Because that is how faith, trust, knowing, and confidence in God comes to pass in your life, and how doubt, wavering, and unbelief um, in God will go by the wayside. Okay? If you're not in the Word, you can be back and forth. I trust them today. I don't trust them five hours from now. I trust them this second. I don't trust them two hours from now. You're back and forth. But when you're in the Word, you are on that foundation of the rock, and you have that foundation, and it's a trust. You just know that He is going to take care of whatever it is that is going on in your life. There's a bond there. There's just a trust. And that's why you find that in the Word. Um, 2 Corinthians... Uh, We're going to go to chapter 3. And we're going to go read verses 4 and 5. And such trust have we through Christ to God word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. If you notice in the story that Bella took her armor with her and her her defenses that she thought she would need to the other side, okay? Um, She carried the knife, the sword, the rope, actual armor, but she did not have the correct armor on. She had what she thought she would need, and ended up selling her armor and weapons to feed her flesh. She tried to be sufficient on her own, but our sufficiency comes from God, okay? Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 6, I, I like, I'm, I just love Ephesians. That's, Ephesians is one of my favorite. And we're going to go to chapter 6. I'm going to read, um, from verse 10 through 18 and this is talking about the Christian's armor finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might 
Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now we see the true armor we need to be carrying. Not that the natural armor is not good, but the spiritual armor in our lives is important. Now what is that armor? The Word of God. All of it ties into the armor of God, the Word is tied into that entire thing that Paul is telling us to put on. This, he gave us um, a type and shadow using the Roman soldiers, okay? Every single piece, the belt of truth is the word of God, okay? If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. The belt of truth is the word of God. The breastplate of righteousness, which goes here, which is God's commandments, where do we find his commandments? In the word. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is the word. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now this specific part of armor, the shield, the Roman soldiers would soak their shields, which were made out of wood, uh, covered with leather and linen. And they would soak them for three days before they would have to travel by foot long journeys to go battle somebody. And along the way, they would find a place of water, a river, whatever, and they would soak their shields. Okay? In um, Ephesians 5, 26, it says that you might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Okay? So um, they soaked these shields before they went into battle because there were men who would shoot these fiery darts. Let me grab my pen here. Okay. Okay. Now these fiery darts were made with a hollow tube. Okay. They would fill these tubes with a flammable liquid, place the fiery dart on the, on the end, shoot it and when it would hit the target when it would hit this would be so thin it would just shatter okay and when it shattered the liquid covered wherever it landed was fire because the beginning the tip was on fire okay so it hits boom this shatters and the liquid goes everywhere and the flame goes everywhere okay it's really 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 interesting um now, that would spread on over their shields. If their shields were not soaked in that water and they were dry, then it would catch on fire. And they would not be able to carry it and it would leave them open for a fatal blow. Okay? So it is called the shield of faith. Where do we get our faith from? The Word of God. Okay? Next, now I'm going to stop right there for just a second. We get our faith from the word of God. We have to step out in that faith and know that God has us. That's how we build our faith. Okay, for instance, if you're believing for healing in your body, you're going to step out and know the word of God, and you're going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to believe you that you're going to heal my body because this is what your word says, and I'm going to do it by faith. Now, you build that faith by knowing who God is, knowing his character, listening to the word, listening to testimonies, all of that that gets in you, and then you can take that and apply it to your life, 
okay? And then he'll take you through little things and you'll build your trust with him with every breakthrough that he gives you, no matter how big or how small it is, okay? Everybody experience that? Okay. Next is the helmet of salvation. Where's the helmet located? On the head. And the battle can be where? In the mind. So how do we renew our mind? The word of God. <laughs> and lastly, the sword of the spirit. This sword is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. What is the sword? The word of God. Now, the word of God is something that God himself also does where and that you can find in isaiah so if you want to turn there um you go to isaiah 59 verse 17 okay and he says for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. If you look through Isaiah, you will find another spot that also talks about the armor that God has on himself as well. Isn't that neat? Okay. Now the question is, what are you wearing? Which part of armor do you have on? Um, some of us might not carry all the armor. Some of us might carry one. Some of us might carry two or whatever okay so um you may be walking around with some or none and the enemy um is looking okay are and and uh are you taking the time to get to know god through his word the word tells us that if we seek him we will find him if we search with for him with all our heart Okay, so how hard are you searching? Are you just seeking him only without the word? Are you seeking him only at church on Sundays and Wednesdays? Are you putting the time in to find him? Well, you might say you tried and read the word and it didn't make sense or it's stuff that you don't think is relevant to your life and you put it down. Sometimes we'll just open the book and say, oh, I guess this is where I'm going to read today. And then you're in the middle of a war somewhere in the Old Testament and you're just like, what is this? I think I'm done. And then you don't pick it up because then you think the rest of the word is like that. Does that make sense? Anybody done that before? <laughs> Okay, or maybe you didn't know where to start. A lot of us don't know where to start in the Word, and um, that could be a challenge. Um, if you don't know where to start, start in John. Okay, start in John. If you need healing, go into Mark. Mark has the most healing scriptures that Jesus did in the Gospels. Okay, so if you need healing, go to Mark. Um, if you are looking for specific things in your life that you want changed whether it's in your work or whatever it may be go to proverbs that will cut you right up i mean i've, I've read through proverbs and i'm just like oh my gosh now i can read through proverbs and see how much i change i'm like whew, thank goodness you know because when i first read that oh man i gotta work on a lot <laughs> but the good news is is proverbs you can do one chapter a day and have it finished in the month that you want okay but really anywhere would be a good start in the word um, sometimes we'll look at the genealogies that are put in there it's like oh this is so boring so and so we got this one and so and so we got that one and so and so we got this one and then you're like reading all this begots and begots begots but if you look if you're looking for God in it you'll see that the genealogy actually goes all the way back to Adam and all the great kings God made sure that Jesus came down that line amen okay so it's a really cool thing once you dive into it um, but you have to go into the word looking for him okay we sing song taste and see that the Lord is good and we hear in Jeremiah that in Jeremiah um, chapter 1 where you know he ate the word I was like uh, what do you mean he ate the word <laughs> you know how does it get in there you know but when you're looking for God you will find him in that word and it, it's just 
you should approach the word of God as if you're looking for him every single time you open it because he is in there and you will find him and he'll speak to you okay through that word and um, make situations change in your own life and change you as a person okay so when you taste it when you taste something you're taking that into your mouth okay spiritually you take the word and you take that in for yourself please don't look at the word and say oh my husband needs that no my wife needs that she needs I'm gonna put this on the mirror so when they get home they read it and they know that's for them okay we can't do that okay because the word is just for you you have your walk with the Lord they have their walk with the Lord because when you go and you stand in front of him you're in front of him you can't blame I didn't step out in the word of God because I was scared of sister so-and-so or my husband wasn't doing the word of God so I stopped or this was going on so I quit and we can have 10,000 excuses okay but we need to make sure that we're taking it on for ourselves only say myself, myself. only <laughs> okay now, I did speak just a few minutes ago about just flopping your Bible open to anywhere and just choosing a page. And um, yeah. it's just, I've heard people do that and I've done it because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's just flip it open. Oh, this is for me today. But what if you got something that um, talks about like God's going to destroy you, but he's talking about the people who are going against the Israelites. And then you're like, oh, my God. And now you're in a worse state than you were before you even opened the Bible because you just relied on some kind of whim. Just, boop, up there it is, you know. You can't do that because you could be worse off than before you started. I've done it. So um, make time um, in the day for him. You have to. And if you have to get up earlier, get up earlier. If you want to do it before bed, do it before bed. Um, but you have to spend time with him every day um, because then you might not be gaining anything. You might be going this way instead of forward. Um, if you read one verse and you call that a devotional, then you're missing the whole context of that scripture and you're not getting um, the word of God that he's trying to tell you through that scripture, I encourage you to read above and below. Just like um, in John chapter 8, if you want to go back there, if you don't want to, that's fine. Um, the first one that we read, John chapter 8, and that's verse 32. Okay. There's a stipulation there, and I want to know if you see it. And Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, if, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, if, if you stay in the word. Okay? So, He's not trying to be mean or harsh or anything, but we have a job to do. We can stay babies for only so long and be fed the word for only so long, but then we have to start feeding ourselves and taking that responsibility onto ourselves, and then the, the word is going to change us, and then we can impact the world. Okay? Like in the story with Bella, at the end, she's like, but now she wants to go out and set other people free. You notice, too, in the story that there were many people in that uh, enjoyment cafe, more than the people that were in her castle. Okay, so there's a lot of people out there that need to be reached, and we need to be full of the word and not scared. Okay, when you have the word in you, you're not going to be tempted if you're around somebody who's doing drugs or if you're around somebody who's drinking or you're around somebody who's gossiping. It doesn't affect you. You have your armor on. It's like the only way I can explain it is like this invisible shield. Okay, and I'm going to say I know the invisible shield. 
That's how I can tell you about this. Um, my, my husband had a very stressful job and I actually kind of felt bad for always being happy because he would come home so miserable. Um, but when I was, you know, in the word, that shield that's there, when he would come home and he wouldn't be in a good mood, it just, it's, it was kind of like went boop, boop, and just hit the floor. And I was just like, oh, wow, I didn't experience this before. This is cool, you know? And then I kind of felt bad for being so happy. Like, but he didn't know, he didn't understand that I actually had a lot of things that I was dealing with. Okay, a lot of um, things that God was working out in my own life, but yet I was full of the word. I could still be happy dealing with all that stuff that was on the inside of me. Okay, and um, maybe another time I'll go through all of that with you. Now, um, there was also a time that um, I used to watch TBN. I would come here Wednesdays, I'd come here Sundays, I'd watch TBN all week long, okay? That was my feeling. I was lazy. I didn't want to read the Word. I didn't, honest, I didn't. And I just figured because in school I didn't have to study, the teacher taught me and I got it. So I figured, okay, well, they can just teach me and I got it. Well, that was my attitude. Wrong, totally wrong, so, so wrong. Um, don't go... If you've never studied before and you don't know how to study, it's a good time to figure out how to study, okay? Don't go thinking that you can just go buy everything and that's just all you got to do, okay? So I was listening to Creflo Dollar or Kenneth Copeland, one of them, and they were talking about a prayer that they had prayed to have this breakthrough in their life, and I was like, oh, well, that's how it's done. Well, immediately I ran into my prayer closet, okay, and prayed that prayer that so-and-so pastor prayed because I was going to have the breakthrough. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, God got a hold of me right there on the floor. He got a hold of me right there and said, no, that's not how it's done. And so that preacher had the revelation of the word that he had studied and the faith that he had built up to pray that prayer, okay? And it took, <laughs> and I took it and thought, well, this will work for me. Mm -mm. No. Okay, I was taking his prayer, applying it to my life, thinking, oh, I've got that this is how it works. This is, this is how God works, so I'm just going to totally don't ever do that. <laughs> telling you God will get a hold of you okay he instructed me to stop watching TBN I don't watch TBN I haven't watched TBN in years okay um, not because he was trying to be mean or not get anything to me because there's great wonderful preachers on TBN I'm not telling you to not watch TBN if that's where you're at okay this was over the years okay um, but he wanted me to be in the word for myself and get the revelation that would transform my life. So you need both. You need to be taught, but then you need to be in the Word. Okay? And um, just being fed from one source is just not going to cut it. It just won't. You're going to get to the point either you're not going to change, you're going to stay who you are, or you're going to change through the Word of God and go out and help other people. That's up to you. Nobody can make you do that but if you really want change you got to put forth that effort and it takes time and don't think that it's just going to happen overnight okay this isn't a quick cookie cutter situation okay because there's things in your life that you're dealing with that maybe she not might be dealing with or he's not dealing with or whoever okay and so however long it takes for you to get that and it in there and God to work and change okay then it's going to come out on the outside of you okay i know i've come in here um i've been coming here since kj was six months old so that's almost nine and a half years i love this church um but i know f that i have done like a tremendous 
and I'm not having arrived. I don't claim that I'm gonna, this is a whole work in progress, okay? But from the time I came um, here till now, it's been a big change. And the change really started to take place when I took the word that was being preached, step by step, little by little by little by little. But then when I got in the word for myself and had his word too, that comes forth from the pulpit, I just, it just, it was like, woof, like growth, okay? So you have to have both. Um, I lost my spot. <laughs> um, okay, yes. So about the fruit that you, you produce, Okay, I know I've come in here on Sundays, and I know pastors up here, and we have um, Chrissy and Luann singing up here. I know as much as I tried to hide in the back and not let anybody see that they see that I'm going through something. It's all on my face. I don't care afterwards. I'm like, oh, hi. Hi, so nice to see you. If I'm praise and worship, I'm like, oh, a mess, you know, okay? Because I have stuff going on in my life. You know how it is, okay? So, um you're going to produce fruit, okay, for other people to see. Now, I did not realize that I have four boys, two older teenagers, two younger ones. What was the second oldest, okay, (laughs) came to me one day, and this is when I was spending time, well, I still spend time with the Lord, so just only like she's not spending time with Lord, no, I do. Um, but this this was a period of my life where I slowed down. Everything was going good. So when we everything's going good, you just kind of like, oh, I don't have to spend time with God today. Everything's good. I'm busy. I'm doing this, that, or whatever, okay? Well, I don't know how many days it was that went past, but he approached me one day, and he noticed that I wasn't the way I was before. Okay, and he he just says, he's like, I don't know what you're doing or what happened, but you've changed. And can you go back to (laughs) whatever it was that you were doing before? Because I don't like this. Okay, I didn't know that he knew or that the fruit was being seen. And sometimes we can get so stuck with what we're going through that we don't really see the changes taking place. Okay. Um, he didn't know I was getting up at 5.30 in the morning, spending time with the Lord um, for however long it was. And my husband didn't know what I was doing either. He would just get up and say, I wasn't there, and then, you want to come to bed? And then I'd go back to bed. But um, it's so important, okay, that you take that time. The fruit will produce. It will. It's there, okay? It's there. And... Um, when I stopped doing that, my mood was different. The way I handled things on a day-to-day basis was different. And he picked up on that. Now, he didn't know I was in the Word. He still doesn't know today that I was in the Word and that I had slowed down in the Word. Okay? Um, now, we don't realize that, yes, it affects me as a person, but it affects everybody around us. Okay? It affects our job. It affects our children. It affects our spouses. It affects everything that we're doing. And we don't realize that, that it's affecting everybody around us, whether it's good or bad. Okay? Um, So it's good to be in the Word and take charge in your own life and put in the effort to grow. We live in a get-quick world where everything is quick to get and not much effort is involved. But the Word of God, it takes time every day every day. Um, Now, I don't know if any of you are exercise buffs. Do I have any exercisers in here? Okay, yes. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just recommend that you do. Um, (laughs) Okay, I didn't, okay. (laughs) Good. Now, we don't realize how important exercise is to our life. It really, really is, even if you're just walking for a half an hour a day. Just put something. There you go. Well, it's exercising. No, not like. (laughs) There you go. That's good. That's exercise. (laughs) Um, But 
if you exercise, say you see those people who exercise and they have all the big muscles and they work so hard and they're in their little shows and they're doing all their poses and whatever. Now, <laughs> listen, I didn't want to exercise. I didn't want to be like that. I used to make fun of those people and then I learned exercise is extremely important for your health, and especially if you're, if, if you, which all of us, I'm not going to even say if, because all of us are kingdom workers, okay, and it's very important that we take care of our bodies, okay, I used to not think so, but being in school, I've learned a lot, and it's, it's really, really important that we take care of our bodies, okay, so, now, if we can lose, um, like, like I was just explaining when my son could tell that I was not in the word. If we can lose from that, did you know that even if you exercised for many, many years, if you stopped exercising for 14 days, your body goes right back to the same state, whether you've got all them buffy muscles or not? Because they'll still keep their muscles, but their endurance is as if they never exercised. It's so true. Look it up for yourself. Um, I'm so serious. When I found that out, I was kind of surprised because I was like, you've done all that work, and within 14 days, it could be as if you did nothing. So how much more, if somebody could see within a few days, like my son saw me within a few days, how much more can the world see and everybody were around impacting? We can't look like the world. We're supposed to be a place, um, you know, a light that shines, okay? Our church should be very welcome, welcoming, not that it's not, I'm just giving, okay. Um, very welcoming, no shame, no slander, no none of that, because we all came in here filthy dirty, okay? So the church should be a place where they could come too, but if they're not seeing any difference in us, then why should they come? If we look like them. So we got to exercise our spiritual muscles <laughs> and look buff in the spirit. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so let's turn to John uh, chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 5. Okay. Fifteen, verse 3 through 5, and then we'll skip to verse 7. It says, Now ye are clean through the word. Say, I'm clean through the word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Which I have spoken unto you, abide in me. If you could circle that in your Bible, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Now this is in red. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Okay, Bella, she couldn't do nothing but sell her physical things that she had because she had no real armor on. Okay. Verse 7 if, say if, if, ye abide in me, and my words, yes, abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Why do you think that's there? Because you're not going to ask God amiss. Okay? If we know his will, we know his word, we're not going to ask something that is not of his will. Okay? So that's very important. We know his word. Okay, we're not going to ask amiss. And guess what? It shall be done. Just like that. Boom. You have it. It may not have manifested right then and there, but you have it. Okay? You have it. So, like I said, the fruit can be seen. Okay? It's important that your fruit is seen by others so they can see God. Okay? Um, now, when they see God in you, you can reach the lost. You can reach anybody in the grocery store. You can reach anybody in your workplace. Okay? No matter where you go, you can reach somebody. Now, and, and, and if you have fear in there, 
Perfect love casts out fear. You're going to get rid of that fear by being in the word. Okay, so if you're scared to approach so-and-so, you're scared to talk to, about God to people, well, that fear is going to go when you're in the word, okay? Because God, does, he's not in the realm of fear, okay? And it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? So if you're scared of them and they jab back at you, well, then you know you need to pray in the spirit for them because they have something else attached that they need to get rid of, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so we don't deal with fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. Okay? Um, Bella had her fleshly armor on. Um, with the word of God, she is now prepared to go out and help others. Okay, she took that fleshly armor off. She put God's armor on. Now she can go out and help others. Um, we are not to sit and just take care of ourselves. And that is something that I have done. I want to get the word just for me. I'm going to get everything for me. I'm going to get filled, 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 filled for me, 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 me. But there's people out there dying who are going to go to hell. And it, it must, you know, when we are disciples for Christ, okay, the word has to abide in us. When we are disciples for Christ, our mission should be going out to save people. Okay? Get them in the word of God. All right, mentor them, okay? And if you make a mistake, God will tell you, and then you can fix it, okay? So don't be scared. Don't be in fear that you're going to mess up, okay? Because he'll guide you along the way if you're in the word and you're listening to the spirit, okay? So don't be afraid. You know, Jesus is coming. Amen. There, Jesus does not know the time, the day, the hour, but he is coming, and we have to take that seriously. We can't just take the word of God and sit at home, and we're like, oh, we're good little Christians, and we just come to church, and we do what we're doing, and we're in this, and we're in that. But we're not getting out and reaching anybody else there in the world. Okay, so it's important that we do that. Okay? Um, those people out there um, need salvation, deliverance. Okay, they need to know who God is for themselves. Okay? And for them to go out and help others as well. So we... Our disciples, we make disciples, and then they make disciples, and it's just spread, okay? We are to be different. Others will see that when we are in the Word, that you will, bear, um, that you will not bear fruit if you are not in the Word. People can see that by your mood, what you're saying, the facial expressions, um, no matter how well. Like I said, you're hiding it. I thought I was hiding it. No, yeah, so he, no, I was a hot mess, Okay? Um, if we can go to Galatians 5, I'm going to show you some fruit uh, so you can see what I'm talking about here. Is this resonating with anybody? Yes. Hitting home? Amen. Yes. Okay. All right. Galatians chapter 5, we are going to look at verse 19 through 21. Now, as I'm reading these verses, I'm going to expound a little bit because sometimes we read these words and we don't know exactly what they are. We just read it and we think we know what it is, but we really don't know what it is, okay? That's why you got to do your homework. Um, now the works of the flesh are manifest, okay? This is not of the spirit. This is the work of the flesh, which are these. Adultery, we all know what that means, cheating on your spouse. Fornication, which is sexual intercourse between people who are not married. Uncleanness, which is any kind of uncleanness different from whoredom. One translation says leprosy or lustful living. Lasciviousness, thank you. Readiness for all pleasure. One who acknowledges no restraints, who does whatever his caprice or caprice, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, and unmanageable forwardness dictates. Idolatry is anything that comes before God and you place before God, and that can be relationships, money, your job, sleep, kids, pets, television, Facebook, okay? The amount of time, okay, can be spent in the word that you're on Facebook, Okay, um, 
witchcraft, which are spells, tarot cards, mediums, those kinds of things. Hatred, which is a strong desire that evil should befall the person toward whom the feeling is directed. Okay? Variance, which is contention, strife, or quarrel. Emulations, which is boiling anger. Wrath, strong, vengeful anger, retributory punishment for an offense or a crime. Strife, bickering, discord, conflicts, hatred between people. Seditions, an action or speech designed to incite people to rebel against their lawful governing authorities. the key.